Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, Season 4, Episode 11, your deep dive into anything and anything related to Yellow Jacket Athletics and sometimes beyond. With Adam DeMuth, our production engineer, the Big Sound, Matt Johnson, I am John Garver, and we talked about it a little bit before we got on the air here, Matt, but uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was really good. Uh, I got a chance to go to the cities. This is the first time I had been to the city since last uh, Christmas. So I hadn't gone to my hometown, which is Minneapolis, for those of you who don't know, in about 11 months. It had been almost a full year. So um, it was good to get back. Um, we had a limited gathering of people, um, but the food was outstanding. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the better ones that we've had um, in terms of the food. My sister hosted First time she's done that for uh, Thanksgiving. She's done it for Christmas a few times, but uh, this time she did it for uh, Thanksgiving, and it, it was good. I mean, we had uh, uh, plenty of courses, plenty of pie, plenty of turkey, um, and uh, you know, it, it, it's it's good to for me to kind of get back to Minneapolis every once in a while, just because it, it sometimes you get a little limited and you get in your bubble, and uh, I, you, it's kind of nice, like I said, to get back home for a little bit and. Uh, See the rest of the family. I saw my aunt, who is now going to be 90 here coming up this next year. And, um, you know, she's still plugging right along. But I don't get a chance to see my extended family very much. It's pretty much just me up here, everybody else in my family, except for my cousin and her husband who live in St. Cloud. Everybody else is in the city. So um, for me to see my family is pretty rare. They usually come up to see me because my schedule doesn't really allow me to travel much down to the cities and spend some time. Um, So it was good. It was good. I was was happy to get back. But – um, you know, it, it was, it was a, it was a good trip. Um, you know, I was there for three, four days, something like that. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I guess you could say it was a typical, you know, Johnson family, uh, gathering Johnson and Baum in this case, uh, family gathering. And so, uh, yeah, I think everybody came away pretty happy. It was good to see my little nephew. Um, he got a little sick there and we talked about it at half air, but Everybody else is now healthy and fine, so that's good. And, you know, he's doing okay. He's good. doing just fine, too. So Good. Um, other than that, it was good. You, how was yours? Good. You know, I, we uh, we hosted our house. We've hosted for 15 years. Okay. Basically, since, we moved, since I moved into this house, I've hosted Thanksgiving. So it's, you know, nothing new. But I actually really enjoy preparing the meal. Okay. And I... I enjoy every part of it. It's my favorite holiday. Okay. You know, part of it is the food. Part of it's that there's football on TV nonstop, you know, and obviously when your family comes to town, that's always a good thing. Um, We have a small house, so it gets a little cramped in some some places, but, you know, all in all, it was a a good- Oh, I know. I've been to your house. Yep. (laughs) It was a good day, and, you know, everybody had plenty. Okay. Everybody was able to take plenty with them, and, you know, Bentleyville that night was, was good, so- how many do you end up hosting for that? Uh, this particular year, we it was uh, there was eight of us. Okay, it's was, not too bad. No, it wasn't bad. Um, my brother in law didn't come this year. Uh, my mother in law didn't come this year. My father in law passed away, so we don't didn't right, have him yeah. this year. So we were down a few from where we normally are. Okay, but yeah, there were there were eight of us. But nice. it was uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a real good day. Now, how do you prepare your turkey when you make the meal? Like, how do you cook it? Because I, I, there, are, there are conflicting opinions on how you should cook the bird. Um, mine gets a 24-hour brine bath. Okay. So I, I woke up Wednesday morning of last week and okay. got it in a brine and, and soaked it for, for 24 hours. Okay. And then stuff it, 
Okay. And a lot of people don't like to do the stuffing part of it. I stuff my bird. Okay. And get her in the oven. Okay. And cook it at a lower temperature, probably about 350. Okay. And, you know, four and a half, five hours later, comes out nice and brown and all the meat is done. It's juicy. There's no, nothing dry about it. The legs are good for the people that want to gnaw on the turkey leg. It's, you know, it's, it, it's a method that hasn't failed me. Okay. So, okay. And, uh, my mom's boyfriend who comes with her always says, it was the best turkey I've ever had. You know, yeah, it's it's a good bird. Well, it's a good bird, and I, I think the other key to that is I, I buy one that's never been frozen. Okay. That's important to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a tendency, and I know this from my sister being a trained chef, even though that's not what she does for a living anymore. Um, poultry, especially turkey, especially if you get it in turkey breast form or you get the whole bird, you can tend to dry it out pretty quick if you're not careful with it. Correct. And so it sounds like you've kind of got it down where it stays somewhat juicy. And, oh, it's yeah, it's yeah. very, it's not a dry bird at all. Okay. So it's a tried and true method for me. Works. Everybody comes away happy. So that's, very that's nice. how I do it. What's your, uh, I was going to ask you this too. What's your favorite course or dish that goes along with things? Do you like the turkey best or do you like some of the other stuff that comes with it? Um, for me, it probably is the turkey just because okay. I, during the year, I don't ever cook a bird that way. Okay. So for me, it probably is that like my sister, she's a stuffing junkie. So, so, so that's why she, I asked. <laughs> she's big on the stuffing. I like the stuffing. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's not number one okay. for me. My, my wife is a green bean casserole person. Okay. So she, she wants that. And you know, my, uh, my in-laws really like sweet potatoes, so okay. they like that. My my nephew could eat the entire pan of mashed potatoes that we make because we have okay. two different kinds of potatoes. So it's a you know a little bit different for everybody. But okay. I'm I'm a turkey guy. I, I enjoy that part of it, and then frankly the uh, you know kind of hard to you can't knock the pie. <laughs> right? Yeah, pie's always you know. A good one. Mom was a baker by trade, so when mom right. brings pie to the house. Yeah, she knows what the she's doing. The fat kid gets pretty happy. Yeah, I'm no kidding, right? <laughs> right? This fat kid over here uh, enjoys the pie as well. Absolutely. Um, how did Teddy do? What does he what what does he think of Thanksgiving? Is he enthusiastic about it or is he still kind of trying to figure it out a little bit? I think he's figuring it out a little bit. Okay. Um, and he's more enthusiastic about having all those people there. Okay. Cuz he gets to see cousins, he gets to see grandma. So I think that's the what he gets into the most is just okay. there's that many people. The flip side of that being when we got to Friday, you could tell the overstimulation was there. Oh, right. He yeah. was exhausted. He was cranky. And I think it, that was all a product of just so much going on. Right. Yeah. That's that's sort of how Nick is too. Um, but although, in the moment, he just he's so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Nick... Nick is pretty much the same way. Um, you know, usually my sister tells me that the highlight of, of his Thanksgiving is always seeing me because the rest of my family, like I said, is there. So they yeah. get a chance. He gets to see grandma and grandpa and the rest of my cousins and stuff like that on a regular basis. He doesn't get to see me very often. So sure. whenever I'm there, it's a big treat. Yeah. Um, and he got a little bit uh, cranky around the edges there at the end of Thanksgiving actual dinner because I had to go back to my mom's house for dinner. Right. But he wanted to keep playing, and it was like 10 o'clock, and – you know, he just turned five, so it's time for him to go to bed, and he mm-hmm. didn't want to have to do it. But, um, you know, he's he's getting there, too. His first Thanksgiving was at my house when I hosted, and I've never seen 
a two-year-old eat that much turkey in my life. I mean, the kid just ate it and ate it and ate it. My dad was feeding it to him. Right. And he ate turkey with a little bit of cranberry on top, cranberries sauce on top. He ate that for about 20 minutes straight. Yep. And we were kind of shocked because it's it's kind of an advanced flavor palette for a kid that's two or three years well, I, old. I, I mean, admittedly, even yeah. when I was probably five, six, seven years old, not a fan. Right. I yeah. didn't like doing turkey at Thanksgiving. I didn't like doing ham at Christmas or Easter. You know, I usually had hot dogs just because I. That's what kids want to eat. And then yeah. all of it is like all of a sudden one year, just this clicks. Is, this is really good, and then yeah. you just start shoveling it in. I was. I'm not a big turkey guy. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I I'm like your sister. I'm a big fan of the stuffing. Mm-hmm. The stuffing guy. I I could eat stuffing all day long. And my mom makes a kind of a handmade one with artichoke hearts in it, and there's uh, rosemary, and <clears throat> she uses a special kind of bread for it. Mm-hmm. So it's really good. My grandmother used to actually stuff the bird back in the day, uh, like you did. Yep. And her stuffing was fantastic. I haven't had it in years, but well, it's it, so good. It adds so much getting that yeah. juice from the bird in there. And I know, like the experts will tell you, don't do that. Salmonella yep, and, yep. and all of that. You know. Okay, we haven't had anybody come down with the E. coli yet, right, and yeah. it's just it's the way we know how to do it. Yep. Exactly. And her and gravy it's so was much rich better and, than yeah. dressing. Because that's the difference. Stuffing is in the bird. Dressing is outside the bird. Right, yeah. So we, we prefer stuffing over dressing. Okay, yeah. Because I've had them both, and I love See, both. Adam just learned that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like his, his mind is blown over there. Yeah, it is. I can tell. There's their mind parts all over the studio. But We're education on this program. At any rate, you know, Thanksgiving yeah. was good. and uh, But there was activity during the, the holiday break. So yeah, we had, not a we lot had of it, a, but there Not a lot. Them. There were a few teams yeah. in action, so let's talk about that. Okay. Men's basketball will lead off with them. They're two and three overall now in the season. They've lost their last three after starting the season two and zero. Oh. They played only one game last week. Not a lot of games, folks, just because of the simple fact it was Thanksgiving. So right. won't take us long to breeze through these. They fell to St. Norbert in non-conference play in their only game, eighty-two to seventy-two. That game was played at the Mulva Sports Center in De Pere last Saturday. The Yellow Jackets were outscored forty-two to thirty-nine in the first half, and forty to thirty-three in the second half as the Green Knights shot a blistering. 58.5% from the field. Over 60% in the first half. Yeah. The we, fact that we were only down three at the half tells yeah. you how well we played, too. UWS didn't shoot badly. They were Mm-mm. at 44.3%, but the Green Knights just didn't cooperate. They kept on making shots throughout the game. Offensively, UWS was paced by Javon Walker and Reed Johnson, who each finished with 19 points. Javon had a really good game. Went 9 for 12 from the field, while Johnson went 6 of 14 from the floor, which included a 5 of 11 shooting performance from three-point range. So a couple guys got in there. That's and, not uh, a bad loss. No, not really. Because St. Norbert, that's a good team. Yeah, St. Norbert hasn't had a losing season in a real long time. Yeah. Played them last year and had a chance to beat them. That was a good we, game. Yeah, we lost by seven, seven, I think. Yeah. That was a good game. That was a really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, losing my title that team on the road, not bad. Nope. Pretty good. Um, so that was their only game of the week. Women's basketball did play twice last week. Tough stretch for them. They're 2-4 and four now. They also have lost four straight after starting the season 2-0. and oh. But they played down at the Gunderson Hotel and Suites Thanksgiving Classic, hosted by UW Lacrosse at Mitchell Hall and Lacrosse. Really tough competition down there, and the Jackets dropped two games, losing to the host UW Lacrosse 87 to 35 on Friday, before falling to UW Platteville 68 47 on Saturday. Against the Eagles, the Yellow Jackets fell behind 18 to nine in the first and trailed 43 to 17 at the half. From there, basically Lacrosse, who's a really good team by the way, uh, just kind of rolled through Yellow Jackets' biggest problem. In that contest, didn't make enough shots. Shot just 23.9% from the field. Kalen Christian led the way with 10 points in that game. And then against Platteville, UWS was right there for the first half. Only trailed 18-17 after one and 32-27 at the half before Platteville outscored the Yellow Jackets 36-20 to 
in the second half. Offensively, UWS was led by Brighton Kukowski, who had 14 points, grabbed six rebounds. She was six for 10 from the field. So, tough stretch there. You, you knew it was coming. I mean, yeah, you, you knew looking at the way that schedule was laid out right. that when they got into this stretch against these YX schools, this, this was going to be tough. Yeah. Those, those are good yeah. clubs, and, and yeah. Stout's a good team, and Lacrosse is a really good team. Yeah. Platteville's not quite as good, but they're a good team in there yeah. as well. And they're it, solid, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this is a tough stretch for that. Yeah, very, very tough. For that very team. Tough. And it doesn't lighten up next week, by the way. So no. We'll talk about that Heads in the up. last segment. <laughs> anyway, women's hockey, 4-4 four and four overall, 1-2 and two in the WIAC. They've lost their last two, unfortunately. They didn't play last week, although they did drop a 6 nothing decision to St. Benedict at Rachel Arena in St. Cloud last Tuesday, so a week from yesterday was when they played last in that game. UWS's netminder, Molly Black, made 32 saves. So they got the week off, um, but they're sitting at 4-4 four and four overall. That's a tough one, you know, and it's kind of what concerned me coming in is who's yeah. going to score goals for this yeah, team. Yeah, they've been shut out, I think, three or four times yep. already, and that's going to be a tough one because yep. um, they're really young. They're very young. Yeah, they've they're got very, a lot of freshmen and sophomores yep. on that team. And, uh, you know, if you talk to, to, to Dano, head coach Dan Laughlin, He's pretty optimistic yep. about where they're going to be, you know, down the low, down the road. But he knows where his team is at. Yep, and uh, you know that they're going to have to fight through some stuff before they they find some success. Right there, you have it. Men's hockey, seven and three overall, three and one in the WIAC. They're in a nice little stretch here. Mm-hmm. They've won their last three. They posted a sweep of Northland College on Friday and Saturday, defeating the Lumberjacks three nothing on Friday before completing the sweep with a seven nothing shutout of Northland on Saturday. Both those games at Westman Arena. On Friday, UWS got two goals from Colton Friesen, an additional tally from Reed Stark, while Dylan Milan finished with 16 saves to get the shutout. And then the following night, Yellow Jackets got goals from seven different players. Gavin Rasmussen, Austin Paul, Colton Friesen, Tristan Tyrion, Tri- uh, Ty Profit, excuse me, McGregor Sinclair, and Tyler Ryder all scored for the Yellow Jackets. Miles Hector got the start and goal and made 13 stops to pick up a second straight shutout for UWS. So, And they also had the game last Tuesday that they won at Marion. Oh, they played that game also. Okay. Yep. They they beat Marion last Tuesday. Yeah, and that's not the streak of. Um, well, like a nine-game winless streak against yeah, Marion. Yeah. You know that's which is crazy. A tough team to beat and a tough building to play in. So to go in there and and win that was. I well, think, especially was, since they, I checked in on Marion a little bit and they beat Adrian. They beat Adrian. One. They beat the yeah. number one team in the country. Like yeah. five to two. It wasn't even all that close. Yes, yeah, yeah. so this was a a good win. That was a good win for them. And then they they took care of business the way they they had to against Northland too. Right. And yeah. You know, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit here in the next segment when Coach McKenna is here. But the uh, um, the, the couple of these freshmen, yeah. Oh, well, I was going to ask you about Colton Friesen. Are doing he's are doing really... some things. Colton Friesen, man, can he play? He's. Uh, I looked up his bio. He's he's he he's a, a Division nice One skater. The way the kid can skate, he okay. can skate. He's got great feet, but he, he's a wonderfully skilled player. I mean, he's the. Going into play Saturday, I haven't looked since then, but going into play Saturday, he was the top-scoring freshman in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he added another point on, on Saturday. So, you know, he's up to 13 points in 10 games right now. So wow. he was, he's leading all freshmen I was about to say, he must be scoring. averaging a point a game. I mean, Yeah, he he's was... over a point a game. Okay. So he's uh, – there's a lot there. Well, because I'm seeing a lot of him on the score sheet. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's goals or assists. He's, he's got six straight games now with a point. Right, You yeah. know, he's, uh, he's had a point in all but two games. So there's, there's a lot – there's a lot to like yeah. about that young yeah. man. And then Dylan Milan, anybody who listened on, on Saturday heard some of the, the things we were talking about there. You got to go all the way back to Dave Gratian 30, 30 years ago almost now to find the last time a goalie started here and won his first five games. Yeah. yeah. And 
He's been really good. He's he leads the nation in shutouts. He's I think fourth in goals against average. He's fifth in save percentage, fifth in wins. Well, and he's got the build of a of a really good goal, goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the biggest goalie we've had here and, since Beiswinger, I think. You know, he's even bigger than Chad. Yeah, he's yeah, bigger I mean, than Chad, Chad. Was not small either. Chad no, Chad was, was not small. Chad was wiry. Dylan's thick. Dylan's two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, he's a you big know, he's boy. six five two twenty. He's a big kid and right. athletic for a big kid. So I. Encourage folks, come out and watch this crew because it's it's fun with the youth right, producing yeah. the way they are, and you kind of have to when half your roster is you is young, right? And you got six, seven, eight freshmen in the lineup on any given night, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's good. And last but not least, a couple of awards were handed out to the soccer teams again, which we don't mind because uh, that just means they <laughs> soccer is fascinating because they find a way to stretch out giving <laughs> awards into January. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we still got the all Wisconsin team coming up for the, the men. All Wisconsin team's do coming they do out it for the women. No. Okay. No, which... it's just the men's coaches are the only ones to do that. So the okay. all state team will come out sometime in December, but then into January, you'll get something else coming from the United Soccer coaches. Yeah, yeah. So they just they stretch this out for months. They're they're like the NBA. They find a way to keep themselves <laughs> in the news cycle for an entire calendar year. I know it's crazy. It's just it's it's like the hot stove. Yeah, it really is. Time. It, it really is. We'll just hand out a bunch of awards and give them all to all these players. Mm-hmm. But uh, all it means when they're winning those awards is that they've been winning a lot of games. It means they won some games. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So on the men's side by the way three players are named to the 2022 united soccer coaches region nine teams on tuesday blake perry was named first team all region while josh bellion was named second team and alex hansen was named third team and on the women's side naya wilson and lindry shendel were also named third team all region by the 2022 united soccer coaches region all region nine teams as well so congratulations to those five players on continuing to rack up awards there's a lot of them Yep, but uh, I don't mind talking about awards because it means, like you said, people are doing some pretty good things. Absolutely. So congratulations Absolutely. to those five players on the heels of another NCAA tournament appearance for both teams. Yeah, so, absolutely. So we'll take a time out here, and when we come back, we will uh, hit the ice. We're going to talk some hockey. Coach McKenna from the men's hockey program showing up today. We'll have that when the Eye of the Swarm continues right after this. Are we sure we're ready for this expansion? Of course we're ready for it. It's a great idea. Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking <laughs> Hawaii. We're ready for you. Is it okay if my friend comes with? Of course. Imagination's always welcome here. Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imagination's welcome. We're back for the roundtable segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, and we are going to hit the ice and talk a little hockey. Coach McKenna and sophomore forward Reed Stark joining us. And as we we sit here recording on this Wednesday, uh, seven and three to this point in the season. So, what you expected, what you didn't expect, uh, were you, you know happy with where you're at, unhappy with where you're at? Let's let's talk about the first ten games of the year. Well, I think the first three we were figuring out who we were. Um, you know, obviously. So let's do that against the number one team in the country. Yep. <laughs> let's. Uh, that was a scheduling anomaly. Kind of, kind of fed the guys to the wolves in the first three games. Even Concordia Moorhead, they were a big, heavy team. New coach, all those players have you know a clean slate. They can kind of do 
uh, they have opportunities to, to, to change what their direction was and all that. So we were able to win that game. Obviously, Adrian was, was a good game, but, you know, we didn't end up on the positive side of things. Responded on the second night. Uh, Augsburg came in. Um, I don't believe we were at our best at that point in time either. Uh, and I don't think we realized they were a much different team than Adrian. They were way heavier. Um, so, like, again, fed the guys to the Wolves the first three games. And then from then on, I thought we we started to figure out our game with 11 new guys in the lineup most on any typical night. Eight to ten, seven to ten are typically in the lineup. So uh, those guys started to find their feet under them. Returners started to find their game, and I think we were able to, uh, you know, have a pretty good last seven. From a player standpoint, do you feel like you were fed to the wolves a little bit? Not as much as Rich is saying it, just because <laughs> we had known about it for what five months. Mm-hmm. You know, last April or. Even March, Rich kind of told us we're playing Adrian first game next year, and you know he didn't be ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, 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 yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was just saying it to say it. Like he let us know probably once a month. Like we got things to do and get ready for it. So, um, and I thought it was a good game as well. Uh, and then obviously playing Augsburg, who was ranked three at the time, three days or four days later. Um, so yeah, it was it was a tough start, but I mean. Seven and three is, I think, pretty good. First in the Yak, so really no complaints from there. Like, yeah, it was tough to go. What did we go? One and two for the first three? Mm-hmm. One and two for the first but three. But I think we needed that just for the expectation standpoint. And I think it was big, too. Like, we didn't – we could have spaced out our schedule a little bit, but we had a three-week training camp, right? So we played Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. And then so that's five games in eight days, and then we go Friday, Saturday tuesday friday saturday again and then you know so like it's a lot of hockey it's a lot of games in a very short amount of time and um i think that's different for college hockey too right it's like you don't there's so much practice in college and there's not as many games and we were able to you know we kind of tweaked the schedule to where it was on to the next on to the next you know slow it down on to the next on to the next game you know and then slow it down again. And so I think that's now that we're kind of through that gauntlet, we're able to kind of now slow it down, get healthy again, do the videos and, and, you know, do some individual clips, do some more team clips, do, you know, do that stuff. So I think, you know, the sketch, not just who we played, but also the, the, the way the schedule is kind of structured added a, a much different dimension to the first, uh, first 10 games of the season for sure well i mean it's a 25 game regular season your first game was on november 4th after saturday's game this saturday which will be december 3rd half your schedule will have been played yes in a month yeah that's insane you're getting into where daniel's team was last year because of covid yeah where you're playing you know i mean i don't i can't remember how many games the, well, he, the he women had 14, played he in had that, 14 games scheduled yeah, was, in 18 days <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, it was yep. he was playing a major league baseball schedule, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, that was basically what he was playing last year. Oh yeah, yeah. You like know. we were, it's a little bit more of a pro style schedule, junior style schedule for the for the guys that are uh, freshmen. So like, I think 
I think that helped to kind of turn the tide a little bit also for us because you couldn't dwell on anything. You had to you had to be mentally tough. You had to get ready for the next day. You had to get ready for the next game. You know, then you have a let's say a little bit of a break. You could kind of uh, take a day. You know, get back to work. Have a Monday through Thursday type, and then get after it again for the next for the next five games. So, um, yeah, I think it was. We're where I like where we're at. Do I feel we could be a little bit better? Yes, but that's just kind of the coach in me. Uh, but in the long run, I I think um, we're better for it. If that makes sense, you've made reference multiple times to, especially in those games immediately following Augsburg, you won at Bethel, you won at St. Mary's. You made reference multiple times to if we didn't play Adrian and Augsburg right out of the shoot, we might not have, we might not be sitting at three and two at that point. You made that same point again after the River Falls win when you got to four and two. Do you guys feel the same way that those difficult games right out of the chute set you up for where you are sitting now at seven and three? Yeah, I mean, it's you know that's kind of hypothetical because you don't ever really know. But I think it didn't hurt at all playing those teams right out the right at the gate, um, especially with how many new guys we have. What Adrian did last year, what Augsburg did last year, making it to the tourney. Um, I think if anything, it got us more excited for the for the games following those games regardless of the result so let's talk about new blood then you know you both have talked about the number of new players you have how has that been from a locker room standpoint because it's not easy when you suddenly have to flip half of your roster and you have all the all these new players all these new personalities figuring out what makes a guy tick what is going to work what isn't going to work what makes a guy feel like a part of things what how you make sure you are doing everything as a returner to bring those guys in. So how have you guys separately in your roles worked to make those guys be part of this group? Well, I'll talk from the coaching side. I'll start you talk about the player side. Um, you know, I think with introducing all those, all those new guys to the team, you know, a part of it is on them to kind of come in and establish themselves too. And, you know, as I was recruiting them, it's like, listen, I'm not asking you to come in here and be a passenger. Like, I'm gonna throw throw you to the fire, and you're gonna either you're either gonna make or break it, you know. Up, and I think they've done a great job up until this point. Um, everybody on our teams, I believe, has played at least four or five games. Um, I thought it was a very deep class, um, you know, and I think that. You know, we've had guys score a goal or have a have two points and and be scratched the next night. And you know, I wouldn't say that was really has ever happened in my time here. It was kind of like, all right, let's just keep going with this guy. And we were able to kind of recruit a different mix too. Um, you know, we have some you know we have some swagger and we have some flash and we got some and we got some brawn to us also where guys are you know want to. You know, they invite contact, they, they like it, they, you know, they they can change the tide of a game in a shift. And, you know, I would say, 
you know, on the other side too, we've had two guys, I, in my opinion, really step up this year in, in, uh, in Franny and uh, Palmer. Uh, I thought they've both have done a great job of, of coming in and, you know, taking the coaching of the previous year in Palms' case or, or for Franny the previous two years and being like, all right, like this is how this, he wants us to play like this. Like we're going to play like we're going to play like that. And it allowed certain guys some more time to kind of figure out. They actually bought time for their teammates, um, which I thought was really good too. And, you know, I we went after, again, guys that had letters. Uh, Ish wore a letter. Freeze wore a letter. Uh, Petey wore a letter. Who else wore a letter? Uh, Dusty. Dusty wore a letter. He was a captain. He was a late pickup, like August 15th or whatever it was. Ryder. Ryder wore a letter in Austin. Um, you know, so we had some guys. Uh, Jordan, he's a transfer. He wore a letter at uh, at Concordia. Uh, you know, so we were able to, you know, and there's a couple of those too, but we were able to kind of pick some guys that kind of knew what it took too. Um, and it's no surprise to me that – from the returner standpoint, they felt we left a lot of meat on the bone last year. They were kind of a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And I think with the way they've responded after going one and two was like, all right, like we got, we, we might have something here. Like, you know, whereas I think in a few couple in years past going one and two, it that very well could turn to one and three and then one and four, and then now you're on that three, four game slide that, you know, it took us three years, Garves, as you know, to kind of eliminate that, you know, not losing back to back and and being able to get back to winning ways, gain a point here, whatever, whatever it was to kind of st- continuously stay in the fight. And, you know, I think also bringing in 11 guys and being able to have that AQ this year too, it's not necessarily a sprint anymore. Like if you know, if this was our if this was our record last year, like you pretty much have to win out from here on out and make it to the conference championship to have any hope of getting to the NCAA's. Whereas now it's like, no, let's play the long game here and that you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. We still want to win every game, but that's just the competitive nature of it. But now you can kind of sit back and be like, All right, like I don't like this guy with that guy or, you know, this power play needs to get tweaked or whatever, you know, and special teams in general. And you have a little bit more of a, of a reflection time to make adjustments. And I think, you know, it's helped us. I'm uh, the, this is the first I've heard of the AQ coming. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we have been talking about AQ the la- good. Yes. Yeah. The, well, we have been talking about the lack of an AQ. Uh, a couple times you and I have definitely talked about it I think we might have even talked about it during the podcast but mm-hmm. when you don't have an AQ your margin for error is so slim you can play yourself out of any NCAA tournament in two weeks if you're not careful you know if you're not getting well, results I mean and, perfect example was O'Flair yeah. last year right yeah. yeah where they stumbled for the better part of a month right yep and came up playing great at the end you know, you guys are the ones who poked the bear there with the shutout at home, and then they never lost again, but their season was lost by that point. Right, yeah. I mean, they were basically just playing out the string. I mean, they won the WIAC, but 
there's no automatic bid. So that's it. That's where you go and that's where you stay. You know, but now with the AQ, it allows as a coaching staff and as players not to be so worried about, oh my gosh, we lost tonight. That means we have, you know, one more game we can lose all year or whatever, you know, because that puts undue or or maybe not undue, but extra stress on everybody in the dressing room because they all know it. Coaches know it. And it's like, well, we've got, we've lost four games already and we've got 12 more to go. I guess we're looking for a conference title and that's about it. Yeah. Whereas now it's more of, you know, we can play ourselves into that place now. Now it's not just about, you know, limiting our losses. We can play, like you said, a little bit more of a long game. <clears throat> and that's sure. that makes it a little bit easier, I would think, both for the coaches and players. And maybe you guys can both speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Go start. <laughs> um, well, for the AQ, obviously, it's, it's nice. Um, it's something to look forward to, obviously. Uh, I feel like last year with without it, it's kind of chasing just the record and, and trying to get ranked and, and hopefully making the tournament. At least now we can kind of focus on our league, focus on our opponents in our league and kind of just keep the horse blinders on just for the WIAC. I mean, how many times have we talked about it, Gars, where it's WIAC hockey is a man's game? and It's a tough game. Um, it's it's less pressure for me personally, and I feel like a lot of the guys are the same way where it's, okay, we can just focus on the WIAC, winning the WIAC and going to the next step. We don't have to worry about non-conference games and, and stuff like that and potentially blowing it or, or blowing out a non-conference game like that. So I think it's it's better for us. And obviously, like Rich said, long game, you know, you get to kind of just step back and, and look at it. You know, it, it's tough managing, you know, in years past the, the you know, like, oh, trying to find the the positive and being like, all right, guys, like, let's just win the conference or whatever. It's, you know, you have to be very cautious on how you address the team. And, uh, you know, we didn't really necessarily ever say, like, we're out of the fight. But, like, again, now with that long with, – with that AQ, you can schedule the Adrian and the Augsburg and get those – and get those tough games in because they make you better in the long run. Whereas like you can, I don't want to say schedule some cookie cutter team, but like, I don't know if we are where we are, if we're three, three and oh and four and oh, and then we go into river falls. I don't know if that helps us at all. Um, you know, so I think, but you get wins cause you need wins if you don't have the AQ, like that's, yep. you know, like right now I think, Oh, I forget who it was that was telling me. Maybe it was Terry, our assistant. He was saying, like, you know, over Thanksgiving weekend or whatever, like we had – there wasn't a ton of games uh, being played during last weekend, but he saw some ranking where we had, like, the fifth strongest strength of schedule to date. Like, that's – I would rather have that than be 10-0 and 0 right now and be like, once we get into conference play, we're going to get smacked in the mouth, and that's when it's going to cost us. So I'd rather I'd rather be where we're at right now. Well, it's interesting, too, because you talked about being thrown to the wolves. You know, the returners all knew what Adrian was and, you know, what they had done. But for the new guys, it's like, we'll just roll them out there and see. You know, I mean, they might have been aware of Adrian, but a lot of new guys are just trying to get their feet wet and trying to prove themselves. So they don't really necessarily care you know, who it is they're playing. They just want to get out there and get feisty and play, you know, a good hard-nosed hockey. And so in a way it's, it's kind of nice because there's a little bit of just that freedom to go and play, 
You know, this is defending national champions. We have them first. We're playing a Frozen Four team in Augsburg, and like Reed said, four days after this. So go out there and play. You know, and you know, let let's play hard. Let's see what we got. But you can play kind of freer that way because it's when you got that many new pieces, it is almost it's not quite like a tryout, but it is. They're getting their feet wet playing at a really high level, and they don't have to think about it. They just go out there and play. To you know, kind of quote John Tortorella, like you know, a little bit young and dumb, and they don't necessarily understood, which is I think uh, could be a positive or a negative. Uh, I thought the Adrian game. I thought that the the you know we lost seven three. I do not believe the score indicated how good that game really was. It didn't look like a seven three you know, game. That was yeah. that that was a really good game. You know, and then we we found a way to to kind of respond and and get on the winning side against Concordia. I would say there's really the one game in the first in the first three that bothered us was Augsburg. I don't feel we played our our best. Uh, and you know, I, I think we were able to learn from that, get a string together a couple of wins. We're looking forward to getting Stout back. Um, and then we've been really good since. Well, even like that game with Augsburg, right? So you play a really good game against Adrian, scores deceiving, then you beat Concordia. Okay, not bad, right? Pretty good where you want to be. And then you come out and Augsburg hits you in the mouth right away. Yep. And that becomes also the kind of Three times. Sp- yeah. Well, I mean, but it, but in a game like that, almost there's also learning experience there. Because you can say, look, this is college hockey. You can't come out here and go half speed or play no. not focused against teams like them because they will hit you in the mouth. Like if you don't come out and bring it from the start, this is what's going to happen. So do with it what you always want to, want to do with it. Make your decision. You know, it's one of those things where now you've seen it. This is what happens when you don't bring it from the start. And, you know, that can also be part of that learning experience. So too, you can have those really good games against teams like Adrian where you were happy with how you played. And then you get out and you get smacked right away by a team like Augsburg. But that's also part of that learning process because you, they're up for Adrian. That's a learning experience. Yeah, we can do this. But now you're learning. We have to be consistent with it. We can't just come out, go through the motions, and expect to hang with really good college hockey teams. It just doesn't work that way. You know, That's the way I look at it. That's the way I would look at it. I don't know, John, if you feel the same way. But Yeah, no, absolutely I do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think part of that too is, you know, if you – People are. If there's anybody out east listening, which there probably isn't, but there, that's the difference between east and west too. Is sure. there's nowhere to hide in the west, oh. and in the east, you can hide in some of those conferences because there's one, maybe two good teams, and then you have some that aren't going to measure up right, to yeah. where those top teams are. In the west, I don't care if you're talking NCHA, WIAC, MIAC. There's nowhere to hide. Any team in the West can beat any team in the West. Yeah. You know, and, and you're seeing that. I mean, Marion beats Adrian. Marion has always beat you. You beat Marion. Trine. You know, Trine beats Adrian. I, I mean, you know, St. Norbert's number two in the country. They beat Stevens Point. Then Eau Claire sweeps St. Norbert. I mean, it's – there's nowhere to hide in the West. No, you got to bring it every time. You got to – and hopefully bring it for all 60 minutes if you can possibly do it. That's tough, but – you know, I mean, you got to be ready to play every night. Well, and that's, you know, and I think that's what kind of – because who do we have? Bethel as our fourth game? Mm-hmm. I, you know, we played a good 
you know, we beat Bethel one nothing. They've done a great job. That was a really good game. That was that a, was a that very was, entertaining. That was a game. really good game. There was there was that was good structure away from the puck and without it. Uh, it sounds like Bethel was a nice yeah. opponent too. Like they were pretty good. Yeah, they no, are. They, they are good. Yeah. They've done this a great. Isn't your grandfather's Bethel? Yeah, that's what he told the, me when they beat I the NCDP 18s. Yeah, two they beat weeks the before. under 18s. Yeah, I mean before. So. Yeah, I mean Bethel's for real. They're not like they're yeah. they're gonna they're gonna compete. For sure, and you know, like they're, you know, and they they they've had some pretty good wins too here, and you know, I think it's if you don't if you don't bring it, like you know, we were able to play sixty minutes there, and we scored in the fifty eighth minute of the game, you know, and that that uh, that was big for us, right? Then we go down, and we were able to kind of put together a different type of lineup for St. Mary's on a more open, wide open ice there on an Olympic sheet, we're able to pot five. And then, you know, so I... Six. Six, sorry. Was it six? It was six. It was six, oh. yeah. And then we go to River, right? River, yeah. And we go to River, and that's, you know, we went three nothing there, and, it you know, it was good. And then we come back home, and we were still wearing our whites at the time, so uh, we couldn't win that one. And then... You know, and then the whites aren't coming back anytime soon. Back anytime the whites, the whites are out, are out the window, huh? Just, yeah. So the then, retro uh, yellows are getting it done right now. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, and so then we were able to, you know, and then we go on the road on Tuesday. There's a, there's that other there's that third game in in uh, in five days, right? And you, you know, you get that done, and then you know you you know it, you're able to continue to build, and you know we just we just came off of a good weekend here, and. Um, you know, it's, you know, and, and we got a big, we got a, we got a big weekend ahead of us here right now. You know, we'll worry about Northland on the, on that after we get through this weekend, but you know, we got a, you know, we got another home, we got another home game on Friday Then we get on the bus. We kind of, you know, Stevens point, both of them are good teams. That's a tough trip coming to point too. Of, That's not an easy trip. Well, and the, there's no easy way to do it yeah. either. Like, do you leave yeah. the night before and get down there? Do you leave day of? Like, you know, it's kind of one of those. On vice versa, though, same thing for them coming back, right? Yeah. So, like, you just kind of you roll with the punches here, and you know, at the end of the day, that you know, it's our job to get the guys ready. And you know, once game day happens, it's up to them. Like, I think <clears throat> you you referenced John Tortorella and Young and Dumb. And in a good way, in a good way, but you know, it's, it's no secret that there hasn't been a lot of success against the Clarence Stevens point over the last 10 years, right? Yeah. but the young and dumb comes into play there. They don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They've never seen these teams. They, they don't know any better. They don't know that it's been a struggle against them. So it, there is a certain degree of just go play. Right. Yep. Well, it's the same thing. They didn't know about it. Marion and, I thought we did some really good things there on a on Huge. at a major disadvantage too. Like we didn't. <laughs> they play on a lake. <laughs> yeah, like on a major at a major disadvantage. Like we weren't, you know, we end up Starkey ends up scoring on the first power play uh, to start the game. Never really seen that before, but we did it. I've never seen the the face off infraction called on the opening face off. On the opening face off. Yeah. Wow. So we were able to get Right out literally right off the bat. 4 seconds. Four, seconds. 4 seconds. 4 seconds. 4 seconds in and we got our first minor. Ridiculous. So no, no, we got we were on the positive side. Of no, that's we what I mean actually, like oh. but there was a minor call mm-hmm. in the first I, four. Yeah. I know you're you we're none of us here are used to getting the call. So <laughs> uh 
So, but we were able to, uh, you know, capitalize on that and that kind of got us going. And so I think, you know, again, not knowing and just being like, no, like we're superior, we're supposed to win. Let's just go win, you know? And I think that helps. And I think that takes, it's a breath, breath of fresh air for the, for the returners too, to be like, yeah, you're right. Like, let's do it. I think that's the beauty of the culture within the room of there's, there's swagger in there from the returners, but there's also swagger in there from the from the new guys. Uh, and if there's doubt anywhere, they could kind of. There's too many guys that are like, no, like who cares? Let's just let's just go do it. And you know, or you're playing well, or they pick a guy up, or whatever it is, whatever the situation calls for. I think it's. Uh, it's an advantage to us for sure. Let's talk about that. I know it can be a little bit of a sensitive subject. So if you prefer to not answer, that's fine. How is the room different? Because you had a very unique dynamic to your room over the last couple of years. How is it different this year from both of your standpoints? Well, I mean, from my standpoint, like, I love the guys that have come th- that have come through. Right. Like, you know, obviously last year's senior class, I mean, they're the first class to graduate with a winning record. They, you know, they won a conference title. Uh, You know, they they only won 10 games as freshmen, but like they came in and, you know, they 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 did bring that breath of fresh air where there was I don't want to say lack of leadership before them, uh, because I don't think that's the case, but it just didn't represent. It didn't look the way I wanted it to look, I guess would be the best way or the most politically correct way to say it. Uh, but then on the flip side too, right, those guys started to grow and they've, they, you know, they got into, um, it became, it became their team and they just wanted to, um, it was tough because there was so many of them and they had so many games played and they did have some success that, it was tough to change things because they just didn't, I don't want to say they didn't want to change, but it was a, every year is unique. Every it's like a DNA strand. No two DNA strands are the same. So for them, it's very, it was, it was hard. And then when this year kind of came in and, you know, last year was a disappointment the way it ended. Um, It was, and those guys all move on and they go and do, you know, so they're all, I mean, a lot of them are doing some very special things, uh, and all of them are doing special things to to uh, to as it pertains to their private life or their or there's a lot of guys are still playing, right? So, but I think the last gift they kind of gave the team was like you can go, you can go from here and go play you or you can, um, you know, like. We'll get we'll get you to where you need where where you can be. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing that these guys saw. And then, you know, but they kind of, you know, starting in spring, like you saw a little bit of you know ticked off, kind of like we left some meat on the bone, and you know, and I challenged them right away. I go, there's no difference between this team and every other team we've had here. You are all ticked off at the end of the year, but do you make, are you going to change or aren't you like, are you going to make the, 
change. I know there's certain things that I won't tolerate now, uh, but we'll see how you respond and all that stuff. And, you know, and this year we were able to send messages to guys and we were able to, you know, it's just not good enough. And, hey, we're going to play a young, we're going to play a new different guy in this position. And, you know, and we're able to challenge them in a little bit of a different way. So I think um, it's definitely different. It's different in a good way. You know, I talk to Batesy all the time. He's up in Winkler, and I talk to Jordan, and I talk to Turch, and, you know, McTavish, and, you know, there's, you know, still talk to guys, and, uh, you know, Yeller, like, to, to talk about that class last year, like, Yeller was at the game against River Falls, right? Like, so it just goes to show you that, like, it was, there was no, there's no animosity towards it. Just felt we could have done, we could have won more there, and, you know, now it's this team's job to to keep to keep the winning culture going because we have won in the last three years. This is year four of winning, and uh, but how many and how far can you really go? It's really not up to me. I don't like. I don't want to drive the bus. I just want to be a passenger on it. It's up to them in the room to figure it out. They know how. They know the winning recipes, and either you cook a great meal or you or are we going take out <laughs> that's somewhat appropriate considering <laughs> the conversation we just had uh in the first segment where we uh we discussed uh where we talked about cooking the meal we talked yeah. about cooking the meal <laughs> garber's approach to thanksgiving yes was our it's a darn good one too yeah well yeah i mean it works for you man it does i mean don't don't change up the recipe man never <laughs> from the player standpoint um we'll go back to to the to the new blood in the room and how different it is with that many. I mean, I came in our class is three. Yeah, and, something like that. And we had twelve seniors last year. So that was kind of interesting because, you know, it was, it was me, Gavin Palmer, and kind of just stuck together and did our own thing and guys were there to help. It's not like they weren't, but I think with the twelve guys leaving and the the nine freshmen joining and the transfers, like I feel like everyone's job was to just kinda basically do for them what, what didn't get done for us and not saying that not a lot didn't get done for us, but, you know, we want to kind of bring the culture even more tighter and, and, and just different approach. Yeah. Just di- yeah different approach with, with how many new faces. So that way they can carry that on for the next four years. And then as per the room, I mean, it's kind of like Rich said, like you see one guy down, like there's five guys trying to lift him up. Right. Like, and it's weird too because there's that, but then it's also super competitive. Like you, you want to be a good teammate, but you also want your job in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I love it compared to last year. It's completely different to where last year it was kind of, I don't want to say relaxed, but it wasn't as it wasn't as just tenacious. And I like that. So I, well, I think it's a good. That's kind of where I was gonna where I wanted to go too with being able to play the long game now. It, that probably does breed a little more competition in the room because you don't necessarily have to stay, like you said, with a lineup or a certain player because you have the AQ now. You can kind of approach things a little bit differently. And, you know, how is how is that idea gone in the room? But you, you pretty much... I don't know, Starkey, you say. He touched... He, well, he did. Room. He did touch yeah. on that. Yeah, the healthy scratch you one game. Yeah, and that was, <laughs> yeah, like... That right there, one game in, and then, just to wake up. So, 
And but then he res- but here's the thing though. Then he responds, scores the first goal against Augsburg. We uh, you know like makes it three one, right? And then we make it three two, and then we like we, you know so we're pushing, we're pushing, and like that. I think with this team, it's a and having that AQ, like you can. Not that I wasn't a hard O in the past, but like it was tough to. You, fu- you f- I found myself always kind of chasing it and just you know and this year now it's you know we've never had the same lineup twice uh, oh you I know. know yeah guards you do the line charts right and switch <laughs> you know you know I I would say really it's very rare to get more than what two games with the same even with the same with line you? combination. Even with the, just one line combination. New lines every game. New lines. Every new, game you're doing something. Like, it's, you know, so we're able to kind of, you know, keep the guys on the toes a little bit too. And, you know, because but guys are responding, right? Like, uh, you know, and I think that's really important. And there's buy-in and there's, you know, there's all that stuff. And everyone knows that everyone knows they're important. But I think the biggest difference between the years past and this one is that they know they're important. They know that their role and their job is super important to the team's success. And they know that if they keep doing what they're supposed to be doing, whether if they're out of the lineup, they are going to get back in. Whereas in previous years, we've had, you know, like, hey, these are the, these are the 12, 13 forwards that we're picking from, and these are the 7, 6, D that we're picking from, and uh, these are the two goalies we're picking from. And, and that's it. Now, all of a sudden, it's... Like, okay, you know, new guys have come in and pushed some upperclassmen, uh, and the upperclassmen have responded in the appropriate way, where that hasn't always been the case here. Uh, And then, you know, and then on the flip side, too, by having that, now you have new guys coming in and being like, all right, like, I want my seat at the table. I just had a goal and an assist, and I'm scratched how and they're responding the right way because they do it again the following they they do it again their next opportunity and you know we've our special teams have been pretty good and uh you know we've been able to rotate guys like Ishin onto the power play and guys like Jordan Guinea and onto the power play and uh it hasn't been the same five guys and just relying on that it's been 10 guys it's you know um Putting, you know, stomps has gotten in and, you know, like all, all that stuff. And on the kill, like, you know, we've killed a lot of different guys too this year. Um, you know, so I think it's it's right where we need to be. This weekend's a big test is the best way to put it. It's a good note to end on. Yeah, yeah, it is. Coach McKenna, Reed Stark, thanks for coming by. Thank Appreciate you. It. We'll take a break and come back with more of I Have the Swarm right after this. Workers Island Inn is now hiring and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. Final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm and always good to catch up with the hockey coach. He uh, never never short on words. No, Rich always has plenty to, to add to the conversation. You know, um, he's, he's got good candor usually. He does. And... He does. And, you know, the thing I appreciate about Rich, I've gotten to know Rich very well just as you have. It's kind of hard to not know Rich and not know him well. 
because he is kind of that charismatic, outgoing kind of personality. Um, you know, every coach goes through this, and you and I have seen this uh, over the years, obviously, because we both have been involved in sports for a very long time. Um, the different dynamics that make up different teams each year, how things change over, and you get the sense that he really is enjoying this kind of changeover, not to take anything away from his previous teams. Right. But seeing the new blood come in and, and, and having a new approach, a fresh approach. Well, that's just it. It gives him yeah. a chance to change the approach, to change right. yeah. the messaging a little bit. When you have a veteran team like he referenced and you look at the guys that they were rolling out in the playoffs last year, you got guys 100 games played. Yep. yep. You know, right now you're putting guys out and, I mean, you've got Chucky who's got north of 70 games. And after right. that, yeah, it's around 30. Yeah, there's a bunch so of guys. That, there's yeah. a lot of guys. You know, it's it's new blood every night. It's a chance to kind of reset things a little bit and, and take a new direction. It absolutely is. And, you know, there are guys, even returners on this club that have missed significant time due to injury in the past. So, you know, Ty Profit is, is an example of a guy mm-hmm. who has been in and, out the, in and out of the lineup mostly because of injuries in his career. So, um, you know, you know, Reed is a, a guy who he's a returner, but he's only played – what, 20? One season. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's barely to 30 games. Yeah, exactly. He's played 20 to 30 games in his entire career. Yeah. So you've got a lot of guys, even the returners, that are still pretty fresh mm-hmm. to this whole college hockey thing. You know, they're they're not the guys that have been in for a long time and have played a lot of college hockey and have seen right. a lot of college hockey, played against a lot of different opponents. So there is that kind of fresh blood and that fresh approach that says, I'm going to roll it out there and we're going to go like crazy and see where it takes us. Yep. You know, just go out there, skate freely, play the game and keep the energy up. That's, that's what we want to do. And we want to keep our energy positive. We're going to, you know, do the best we can. And, you know, after that, we'll let the chips fall where they may. Cause you get that with that new group. Right. And uh, yeah, it just seems like uh, there's kind of a fresh new energy to this group, and mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how they do, especially this weekend. Because especially this weekend, yeah, this is uh, this is the true test. This I feel is a like big these test. Yeah. I mean, you're you're already playing your third ranked team of the year. Yep. You know, um, Eau Claire snuck into the top fifteen. They're number eleven now after sweeping Saint Norbert last weekend. So this is uh, it's a big test. Yeah, this it is. very well could be the best team you've seen all year. Yeah, could well could well be. We don't know that for a fact, but we'll know more after Friday and Saturday where yep. we're at. So. Absolutely. Uh, let's start out with the schedule. Pretty light, mm-hmm. other than men's hockey, really, this week. Um, everybody else has got one game. Women's basketball doesn't even have an official game, but they have an exhibition. It's going to be a tough one, but a <laughs> very tough one. Um, so we'll start out with men's basketball because they play a road game this coming Tuesday, December 6th, at Finlandia. That'll be a 6 p.m. Central Standard Time opening tip, but that's it. It's the only game they have this week. They're not home, I don't think, for a bit yet Until either. the 14th. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. There you have it. Women's basketball also has one game. That's the exhibition game, but no uh, <laughs> lack of uh, high competition for playing a Division One school. Yeah, playing a Division One school in an exhibition game. It's the University of North Dakota going to go play the Fighting Hawks mm-hmm. on Friday. So this coming Friday, so in a couple days, as we record this on a Wednesday, as usual, um, December second, that'll be a seven p.m. opening tip, and then they're not home again. I don't think until the until their tournament. Yeah, the, the tournament. So it's it's going to be a little bit. Of, uh, of a time away for those two teams. Women's hockey also has one game on the docket coming Tuesday, December 6th. Again, St. Scholastica, Bridge Battle, 7 p.m. Opening face-off, John Garver on the air, 6.45 the pregame, and I may even make a guest appearance on that broadcast. Cameo. So uh, maybe you'll just, if, if you have some time, check us out. The two mm-hmm. of us will be <laughs> 
uh, on the air together. We don't do that real often, so not too often anymore. No, no. <laughs> we don't get the chance to. This is one of those to. rare chances where we get to. So uh, we're going to take the opportunity on Tuesday night for the bridge battle. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. And then men's hockey, they have the heavy lifting of the week. They play two games this week, although they have uh, a game coming up uh, the following. They have two games the following weekend against Northland, I think. But the, just one, just the one, just okay. one. But this coming weekend is a big test. Yes. Uh, Friday, this coming Friday against UW-Eau Claire, Westman Arena. The second, as you heard uh, Mr. Garver say, they're now ranked number 11 in the country coming off a big sweep of St. Norbert. So the, the Blue Gold's playing good hockey right now. Yes. Uh, 7 p.m., the opening faceoff from Westman Arena. John Garver on the air. It's 91.3 FM, 630 the pregame. And then Saturday, they make the trip down to KB, Willard Arena to take on UW-Stevens Point. 7 p.m., again, the opening faceoff, 630 the pregame. I won't be on the air for either one of those. <laughs> but uh, should be a fun weekend, though, and a big weekend. It'll be, like you said, interesting because you that, learn a little about yourself now. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's that. That's a tough twenty-four hour period because you're playing a home game, and then you got to get on the bus for five hours and play another game yep. against a team that's really good in their own building. Usually, so yep. Um, yeah, we'll see uh, where where the all the fresh blood and new faces and new approach uh, has the Yellow Jackets after Saturday night. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm yeah, should excited be good. for it. I, I, you know, there's anticipation with it and. I'm I'm glad there's anticipation because there was a long stretch where there was no anticipation when you were playing these two teams. Right. Yeah. You kind of knew what the outcome was going to be, but you don't have that now. So this is uh, this is exciting. Yeah. Should be fun. This should, should be, be a, fun a lot one. of fun. So hopefully you have a if you're tuning into this on Friday, you have a chance to join us for something on Friday or Saturday night. Should be should be good hockey. Yeah. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. That'll do it for this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm for our production engineer Adam Demi with the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garber. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you join us next week on Eye of the Swarm. Thank you.